0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Listen to these great product lines Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. And if you're saying to yourself, well, you know what? Boy, I'd like to do a brand-new vehicle. That'd be awesome. But maybe financially right now, pre-owned works for me. Well, they've got a pre-owned selection that is second to none. It's unbelievable. Great sales staff, great deals to be had, interest rates and so forth. Uh, and not only they, a service department that is tremendous to take care of the life of that vehicle, It is Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Talk about the the Big Ten college football in a moment. First, our play-by-play call today. Howie Kendrick gets a big double. There's a liner, right center gap. It's on the ground. The game will be tied as Eaton easily scores. That's Bob Carpenter with a call on the Nationals TV network. Uh, It was against the Orioles, so does that count as a major league win? (laughs) I'm just... Sorry, Dick and Milton.
1: (laughs) I will say, though, the O's offense has actually had a good couple of days here.
0: I will say this about the O's. I feel in the last two years they have drafted well to set themselves up for the future. Now, of course, this year it's only a five-round draft. Uh, the O's are a team that need, that to me needed, and I say this with insincerity, this is not meant to be a flipping comment, they needed a 40-round draft. In other words, you may hit on a guy in the 24th round. You know what I mean? Something like that. Uh, the, to me, the more the merrier to find out who can make the transition and can play. So that's why I think Major League Baseball is making a... They're making these... these Mistakes that I find bothersome for the future of the game, the future of getting an 18- to 34-year-old invested in it as a fan, the mistake on player personnel, uh, where they're trying to save a dime here or there, and it's penny-wise, pound-foolish, but that's... A different conversation, different day, which we will get to. At least we've got the excitement of Major League Baseball coming back tomorrow. And a full slate of games, including the Phillies on Eagle 107, coming up on Friday. By the way, the Pirates are playing Cleveland tomorrow night in an exhibition. Is either tonight or tomorrow? It's, tonight, it's
1: tonight, 5.05. Tonight.
0: Yeah, It's not on TV. No. All right. Now, can I just make one quick comment on that then I'm going to get to the Big Ten and the SEC exactly what do they have to carry <laughs> if, I'm, if, if I'm sitting there and I'm AT&T Sportsnet and I'm the Pirates I'm aching to put this game on TV I need to put this game on TV I mean, what are they airing great trout streams of western VA come on get out of here <laughs> come on Hey, I agree. You've been waiting four months to carry something. Now they give you, Well, we can't do this stuff.
1: And the ratings have been through the roof.
0: Of course they've been through the roof, everybody. First of all, Pittsburgh's a great market TV-wise. Both the Penguins and the Pirates do very well in local ratings, very well. But now, can't go to the games. People have been aching to see this stuff. I'm sorry though, tonight's game will not be televised. Why? <laughs> Have you ever played Sowickly Country Club? We're going to give you an 18 hole tour. Okay, that's perfect for after the game. <laughs> All right, let's uh <laughs> let's get to the big 10 SEC. I want to start with the SEC. The SEC has not said yet what they're going to do, but the great Tony Barnhart, who is as locked into the SEC as any reporter out there, has essentially said in no uncertain terms that his information is the SEC will play eight conference games like they always do. Someone thought that maybe, hey, they'll move to 10 games. Remember I was talking about Derek Mason last week? Two coaches that one could benefit, one could be negative. Well, the benefit would be Clay Helton, no Alabama, no Notre Dame. Really, the biggest test he has is Oregon. Could benefit him. Who could it work against? Oh, Derek Mason's only gonna play two SEC games in a stacked SEC. Well, he's not gonna have to worry about two SEC games. They're gonna stick at eight. Now, they still want to play non-conference games, too, you know. And I would say that probably holding on line fours, we speak on several uh, SEC phones, is BYU. (laughs) I should say, uh, excuse me, um, uh, we're available. Because they lost several games against the Pac-12 because of the decision to go conference only. But they're only going to hit Tony Barnhart's information is the SEC will play eight, not changing. And also sounds like they want to continue on with a non-conference schedule. Now, it's up in the air as to whether the Chick-fil-A Classic will be played in Atlanta. That's up in the air. But it sounds like they still want to play non-conference games, and if that means against some FCS competition, they'll do it. So I thought you'd find that slice of information interesting.
1: The only thing, Steve, I find a little, again, inconsistent with the, with the, uh, with the, CF, with the uh, CFP board here is I don't, I don't think now, this is not me to even defend the SEC in any regard before I even start this, but I think that the Power Five conferences need to be on the same page with how many games they're going to play. Because the big, the big Ten's probably at 9 right now, maybe 10. SEC is at 8, you just said. Who knows what the ACC is going to do, what the Pac-12 is going to do, unless you, unless you know offhand. When it comes to, if you play a full season, when it comes to the college football playoff decision board to, to make decisions on the games and things like that for the college football playoffs, I want everybody to have, I would think that we want to have the same equal amount of games for everybody to play.
0: I've talked about, I've addressed that in the past, and I've said I think that if I'm the college football playoff, I would like to see you play 10 Power 5 schools. Agreed. And I'm talking about in a normal season. Obviously. Right. This is not a normal season. So, I, you know, I think everybody has to make their own decision as to what they want to do, and the Big Ten felt they had better control and gave them the best opportunity to play this fall by keeping it, quote, within the family, Pac-12 came to the same conclusion. The SEC, going to Tony Barnhart's reporting, and look, if Tony says it, it's gospel, okay? there's There's nobody that covers the SEC like he does. And if that's what he's understanding, then then it sounds like they're going to go with eight conference games and then fill in the other spots where they can. And look, at the college football playoff committee just have to sit there and they have to make their decisions as to what's going on and what they see. It's an unusual year. So I'm not gonna be that critical of what anybody decides to do, but I from an information point of view, from an information point of view, I thought that uh, our fans out there would find it interesting. Okay. Now let's get to the big ten. Tom Deanhart, uh, whom we've uh we uh, we did put out a request already for Tom to join us on the show. Tom's a great guy to talk to. I've the times he's been here at camp. I mean, I'd I'd probably, he'd come over, he'd spend an hour talking to Tom. Just a smart, connected, and now he's doing a lot of work for Blue and Gold, uh, Illustrated, and he's the one that put out the initial story about the Big Ten going to conference-only games, and he has steadfastly talked about and continues to talk about that it's going to be 10, even though the the Big Ten has not officially said that yet. Uh, He's talked about it being 10. I did broach the topic yesterday about uh, moving uh, front-loading division games. And... I also think that you, if you do ten games in three weeks, I think you stagger the Western Division bye week and don't have it on the same week as the Eastern Division bye week. That you know, so instead of hey, we're going to play ten games, thirteen weeks, whatever, on the Eastern Division bye week, you still have Western Division games, and on the Western Division bye week. You still have Eastern Division games. With the idea of those bye weeks being used as possible make dates, that way you have Big Ten football on every weekend. So Tom Deanhart, and again, we've already put in the request, Matt, to get him. So that's that. That way you know. Uh, from Black and Gold dot com. They asked about the schedule. And of course, the transition time to the two week mini camp for Penn State and others will be Friday, which then leads into the start of training camp, which is august seventh. And Tom Deanhart continues to hold that it's going to be a ten game league only schedule. But the key is now finding out what does that schedule look like, and for each Big Ten team, which one ends up being the 10th team on your schedule. And that's what they're looking for. A Big Ten coach told uh, Tom, I mean, you got to figure it's got to be here soon. We have to start making plans. There are still a lot of unanswered questions. And the coach said, quote, I don't know any more than I did last week. And we're waiting So what Tom Deanhart put together uh, The reasons Money of course is one the, the, the move will save Big Ten schools From having to pay out big guarantees To non-conference opponents While playing in front of, a, of much smaller Crowds that would generate Less game day revenue And some places may have crowds Iowa for example might have crowds and the reason Iowa might have crowds, is, I go back to, I'm about to make the suit's heart very warm here. Oh, boy. Matt. The Iowa Motor Speedway hosted IndyCar over the weekend, and they had fans.
1: How about well, that? If,
0: if the Iowa Motor Speedway had fans, doesn't that lead to the possibility that Iowa and Iowa State could have fans?
1: It would certainly be a little inconsistent if they didn't.
0: Right. That's if everything turned out fine, right, and the numbers are stable, okay? Scheduling flexibility. By staying in-house, it would be easier to move foes around if needed to deal with virus outbreaks and make it prohibitive for a school to play one week. I think I just said that. I think I've said that for, what, two weeks? So that matches up with what we've been talking about. Health measures. League schools are confident each member will have similar testing protocols and resources, thus lessening the chance of spreading the virus in games. We've talked about that, too. Uh, They're wondering if this revised 2020 schedule will be released the last week of July or the first week of August. And the head coach that Tom talked to said, and, of course, the the head coach is unnamed, uh, you're right on point there, but I really don't even know. So, the, this coach said, "Quote: I am assuming it's going to be full. You know, whatever they decide to do, we obviously already have nine Big Ten games scheduled. Now, I don't know the order. We don't know that yet. See, that's why I was talking about: Do you front-load division games?" Remember, division games bring with it less travel time. I've talked about this with uh, Olympic sports. And it's been rejected forever by Olympic sports coaches in conferences. Like, divide up into divisions, save some money. You know, put one extra trip a year out there, but hey, play Maryland every year, play Rutgers every year. I've talked about that as a way to make some of the Olympic sports more fiscally reasonable. But the coaches have rejected that over time, I've always rejected it. And I understand, I completely understand their reasons for it. Do you want to be on a level playing field with everybody else? But I also think sometimes I don't want idealism, which is perfectly fine do they get into in the way of what might be fiscally realistic Uh, earlier reports have indicated that uh, let's see that you have four cross division games a fourth needs to be added and the other question is do the cross division games you already have the three you have remain the same the head coach said, quote, I would think, I hope so. We've been planning for them. We've already done a lot of work. You would think that they would, but you don't know for sure, but I would think so. Now the question is, when does the schedule start? September 5th? Or do you start September 12th, September 19th? The head coach said, quote, there are two schools of thought. We either want to get going with it right away or wait. But you know, sometimes waiting is not better because things could get worse. See, and that that's my my feeling is. My feeling is go. Get going. If you're going to do this, get going. Because you don't know what the conditions are. You know you have an approximate feeling about what conditions are now. We well, don't know what the conditions are gonna be like in November. For all we know they're better. I don't know. I don't know. For all we know, it's worse. We don't know because it's just too far out. Uh, If you look at the school model, the coach said, they're trying to get everybody out by Thanksgiving, which is the story here. Uh, We will do nothing but Zoom teaching once they come back, once fall break resumes after Thanksgiving. No in-person classes. If you stick with that logic, then you would assume that starting as soon as possible would be best, but don't know. I don't have too many answers right now. They asked about going to the spring, and this head coach said, I haven't even let my mind go there yet. We haven't even discussed it. Everyone wants to play. You'll do it playing in the spring if you have to, but that's definitely not what anybody wants at this point. So we thought we'd throw that out there for you. I know here in Center County, there were five more um, COVID-19 positives. I think they're nearing about 300 total since this whole thing started, but they never tell you how many are active. I mean, that's, no offense. that not that the most relevant thing, what's actually still active? I mean, adding up numbers, I can add up numbers all I want, but it, like, it's 2020. You, see, that's what's really bothered me about this. It's 2020. I don't understand why we don't have a 2020 mindset on how we do things. Right? Aren't we smart enough right now to know how many are active and how many aren't? I mean, it's not 1920. Alright, we'll come back brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Seven. And not only that, his family has a very interesting neighbor now. <laughs> We'll hear from him in the next half hour. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, and Hummels-Whorf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of brand new inventory with great deals interest rates and if you want a pre-owned vehicle you're not going to ask for better selection than that they have great pre-owned inventory and a service department that takes care of the life of your car Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com. All right, Judge Culpepper. Penn State certainly has depth on the defensive front. P.J. Mustafer and Antonio Shelton I think are going to be a really, really good one-two punch in the middle. And then you've got some depth there. You know, Fred Hansard is a guy that's has to figure in prominently with, with reps. Uh, they've got a young player that I really like, and Akeem Beeman, I think has a chance to be really good before it's all said and done. And then there's Judge Culpepper. Judge slimmed down. Judge is about on the track I thought it'd be when I, when I first saw him. I thought right about now would be the time you'd start to see more contributions from Judge Culpepper. He's down to 297 pounds, and he's going to play a big role in what we see up front. Yeah, maybe it's 20. 25 reps a game, but that's a big role. Uh, if it makes Mustafa and Shelton fresh in the fourth quarter, that's a critical role. First question came from Audrey Snyder, and it deals with the Judge Culpepper neighborhood.
2: There we go. Um, Judge, um, I was reading a story and read that when Tom Brady moved to Tampa, he moved to your neighborhood. Is that true? And if so, what was that like? Um, he did. He actually moved into uh, Derek Jeter's house, which, funny enough, is my next door neighbor's house. It's just kind of insane. No one really believes me, and I'm okay with that. They can, you know, come <laughs> visit and see for themselves. But it was honestly crazy the first couple of days. Like there was like a million people driving by, and like news people, and we just kind of laid low and and didn't really want to like impede on on Tom Brady's privacy. So that's kind of been our our deal with it. Have you met him at all? Um, I've waved across our docks. He was on his dock, and I was on my dock, and my dad and I were out there, and he was talking to us about boat stuff. So that's about as as close as we've we've gotten. Mark Wilgenrich, SI.com.
0: One, did you ever get to meet Derek Jeter? Two, Friday you guys could actually use a football in practice, probably for, for the first time. Since the Cotton Bowl, what's that going to look like, and what are you looking forward to about that?
2: Um, I have met Derek Jeter. He's a really awesome guy, um, and it doesn't really affect me that we're having a football because I'm a D lineman. You know, we're still going to be doing get offs and strikes and hand work and hips work. So, you know, for the other guys, that's exciting. But I guess no, it will be cool. We'll get to toss the ball around before we start actual work. <laughs> Frank Podani, uh, York Daily Record. Hey, can you hear me? Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. All right, good. Hey, you talked a little bit about your family and everything they did. how tough your parents are, what your brother's been through. How about yourself right now? Do you feel like you're on the verge of some kind of breakthrough? And and if you feel that way, what did you think the last three months, how have you taken advantage of that to, to get there?
2: I'm glad you asked that because I absolutely feel like that. Um, I worked really, really, really hard these last three months, and I think that, You know, I'm I'm ready. You know, and in my own mind, you know, to myself, I feel like I'm ready to take on a bigger role on this team, and um, I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm really excited that 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 all the work I put in will get to pay off, and and absolutely. Tyler Tyler Donahue Lions two four seven. Judge, how has the defensive line room been able to progress since uh, Coach Scott got in without having spring ball uh, available to you guys? And
0: then with Dion Barnes coming back to Penn State now in a coaching role, what's the, kind of the immediate effect of that so far through a few months?
2: Uh, could you repeat the beginning of that question? Yeah, That's sure. Um, yeah,
0: How have you guys been able to progress on the defensive line without having spring ball with the new coach and What's the impact you see from John Scott so far? And then with Deion Barnes going back to Penn State in a coaching role now, um, assisting Coach Scott, what impact has he made?
2: Uh, the first question I'd say, um, you know, no one could have prepared for this. Um, and I think that Coach Scott has really, you know, hit it in stride. And we've done a ton of Zoom meetings and a ton of, of, of you know, mental work as far as D-line goes. And um, I feel like he's really gotten us prepared. Like, we've gone through a mental spring. It might not have been a physical spring, but it was a mental one. So we, we should be, you know, we, I feel like we really are in a good place as far as that goes. But, you know, once once camp starts, you know, first couple pra- practices in camp, we'll be, we'll be primed and ready to go for for physical D-line work. And um, he's really given us a, a, a great program, you know, to work on on our, on our own, you know, doing D-line drills and whatnot. And then I'd say... Um, Coach Barnes is the man. He's he's the best. He's really hands on, you know. As hands on you you can be in a pandemic, you know. He's got his mask and he's got his gloves, but he's really working with us and 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 uh, uh, he's excited to get to work with us and and really do a lot of stuff. Uh, and I'm excited for that as well.
0: That's Judge Culpepper He will. Uh, Everybody
2: for joining us today.
0: He'll be uh, very important in what they're doing again. Football is, and college football's been like this for a little while. Um, How often have you seen, over the years, going back to when Joe was the coach back in the 80s, they always seemed to have two offensive lines ready, multiple receivers, so forth. But even in this era of sub-packages, you look at what Penn State does, and I remember Jack Hamm making this statement on the broadcast. Boy, it may have been 2015. He says, you know, he's, he's looking at all the players that are playing out there. He says, you know, if you're recruited by Penn State, walk in with the idea you're going to play. Because Penn State plays a lot of people. And here's where the payoff comes in. For example, P.J. Mustafer has never started a game at Penn State yet you feel like he's been an important part of the fabric on the field since he got here, because he's played a lot. Well, now he's going to start, but you feel like, well, he's a first-year starter. But he's not a first-year player. It's a big difference. He did not get limited reps. He got extensive, important, meaningful reps, because Penn State will use different players in the fourth quarter. It isn't like they get to, hey, there's 10 minutes to go in the game and all the starters are out there. No, you'll look out there and they'll have a different combination out there because they have a formula as to how they do it. So when you look at Penn State, Jesse Luquetta and Ellis Brooks, neither one has been a starter. Jan Johnson's been the starter. Yet Ellis Brooks and Jesse Luquetta have played a lot of football. Brandon Smith got more and more reps as time went last year. We all know Micah Parsons is played extensive reps and has been one of the best players in the country Shaka Tony's played a lot he started Adisa Isaac last year played a lot Shane Simmons finally healthy played a lot didn't start but like Adisa played a lot Jason Owe didn't start but guess what he's played a lot Fred Hansard has played a lot. Now, Akeem Beeman's going to play more and more this year. Judge Culpepper is going to play more and more this year. Judge is going to get meaningful reps this season. But this is how Penn State plays. That's why when Trent Gordon moved from corner to safety, I mentioned the importance of the move because Penn State wants to play four safeties. Not at the same time. But during the course of a a three-and-a-half-hour game, all four of them are going to be playing. Jaquan Brisker, Lamont Wade, Jonathan Sutherland, and Trent Gordon, and maybe even Tyler Rudolph. Look at the corners. Joey Porter Jr. You know, he got in there for four games. He got reps. Keaton Ellis played a lot. Marquise Wilson played a lot. Tariq Castro-Fields is a known entity to everybody out there. Be interesting to see how they mix in a Daquan Hardy into the mix there same thing on offense Devin Ford did not quite get the reps that Noah Kane did but Devin Ford has played you feel like you're putting in a guy that's been out there and has played meaningful time Noah Kane, meaningful minutes not the starter meaningful minutes Journey Brown yeah he's the starter we all know it. how established he is Brenton Strange got into get, did get reps last year. Zach Kuntz got rap, reps last year. Pat Fryer the established starter, and then this is where the offensive line comes into play. You've got Mennett. Miranda's played a lot. Thorpe's played a lot. Fry's has started. Rasheed Walker's started. But then look at behind them. This is where the transition of Penn State football has really taken place. Is now you look at Des Holmes. Des Holmes played a lot of football. They made sure early last year Caden Wallace played. Bryce Efners played some, and then of course you've got a guy that you know I can't wait to watch play, and that's Juice Scruggs. I think Juice is going to be a good player before it's all said and done. Same thing with wide receiver. Everybody forgets about Cam Sullivan Brown. Every time you talk about the Penn State wide receiver situation, you mention Jahan Dotson, justifiably so, Daniel George. There's been a lot of talk, justifiably, about John Dunmore and TJ Jones and maybe a freshman or two. Nobody talks about Cam Sullivan Brown, and they should. Cam Sullivan Brown was really starting to come on early last season the game he got banged up in when he was having his best game, that was at Maryland. Cam Sullivan-Brown, do not discount him in this Penn State offense. You do that, you're making a mistake. So when you start talking about, hey, let's talk about the Penn State wide receivers, I never hear anybody talk about Cam Sullivan-Brown. Never. I think before it's all said and done, you'll be talking some about Cam Sullivan-Brown. Look, you want six wideouts. Seven, but six preferably. Because Penn State plays a lot of wideouts. Yeah, that's a lot of running during the course of the game. Penn State plays a lot of people. I mean, I go into the game with the idea that I think I'm going to see as many as 60 to 65 different players during the course of the game between all three phases. And guess what? When a John Reed, who by the way, John signed his contract with the Texans, four-year deal just shy of $4 million. Good for John. But when you lose a John Reed, when you lose a Jan Johnson, you lose a Steven Gonzalez. This is what happens. John Reed goes, but you know, Keaton Ellis has played a lot. Joey Porter's played some, Marquise Wilson's played a lot. Okay. You lose a Jan Johnson, but you know what? Ellis Brooks played a ton. Jesse Lucetta's played. So experience wise, you're not losing a ton. Talked about Steven Gonzalez. Well, turns out Mike Miranda and C.J. Thorpe both played a lot of football last year. A lot of football. If you play it right and you put the right rotations out there, which James Franklin and his staff have been able to do, you then end up with a team... Where the next year, after somebody has left, either by way of entering the NFL draft or left by transfer or left by graduation, you're not looking around saying, Oh my goodness, what do we do now? You've already played a lot of people. You have options. And not only that, they're really good, viable options. Tomorrow, Senator Pat Toomey on the show to talk about his roundtable. That included Ben Jerrington, the general manager of the Pirates, and Reese Hoskins of the Phillies, among others. We'll get his take on that. Looking forward to it. And I believe we might have Mike Golick Jr. on the show tomorrow, too. Great to have you with us today. You know, it's funny listening to Judge Culpepper talk about having Derek Jeter as a neighbor and now having Tom Brady as a neighbor. In the fourth ward in Danville, there are a couple of people in a certain neighborhood that talk about, you know, who is their neighbor. And I said to him, I said, you know, I said, when you have a neighbor like that, what are the most important items to know? He says, well, he said, all you have to do is memorize three numbers. I said, what's that? He said, 911. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.